there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Folding Warehouse, Ipsy, and Arbor. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Gathered around the table, it's Feast Week. Lots of EMU athletics in store, but more importantly, an opportunity for a couple teams to bring home some trophies, Alex Jewell. That's right, a big week on campus, Greg. The Michigan Mac Trophy on the line for the first time in about a decade for the football team. Can Chris Creighton and company bring it home? Can they secure eight wins for the first time since 1987? That's what's on the docket for football on Friday, but not before a couple other teams are in action this week, Greg. And you mentioned it, another trophy on the line, and this one is an international trophy. It certainly is. As they're down in Cancun, Mexico, as men's basketball will take on the Mastodons of Purdue-Fort Wayne before getting either Winthrop or Southern Miss south of the border. It certainly is an interesting week, a great opportunity for the men's basketball team to travel abroad. You can follow their games through our social media accounts. Of course, recap stats and more will be available on emueagles.com. If you're trying to listen or watch the game the only opportunity you're going to have is through Flow Sports. You can go to our website, go to the preview that was put out today. It'll have the link to that. You'll have to sign up for that. And unfortunately, that is a paid subscription. So if you want to watch the Eagles in action, you'll have to venture out into that territory. No radio, unfortunately, from WEMU this time. But still a great chance for Eastern Michigan men's basketball to try to bring home a trophy before Thanksgiving. They'll travel back on Turkey Day. And women's basketball also going to be in action this week, too, on Wednesday, Greg. They'll bring in IUPUI, who is uh, by no means a slouch of a program, one of the best that they'll see in the non-conference slate. Yeah, you mentioned last year a team really good, IUPUI, the Jaguars, a team that last year uh, were on the cusp of NCAA tournament appearance. This year, just 2-2. Two and two. Uh, They are 1-2 and two away from Nap City as they will try to bring, come in here. Last year, of course, you remember, it's a game that was supposed to be played, but Oh, COVID, it was still around and canceled that game. And 
uh, unfortunately, the two haven't met. So this will be the first true leg of this Holman home. Yeah, and last year it was a meeting that I was really looking forward to because Eastern Michigan's had some good post play as of uh, recent years. IUPUI last year had perhaps the best center in the country. So it would have been great to see her play. She's not with the team anymore, but still a team this year that's more characterized by their outside shooting and their mid-range jumpers. So that'll present some interesting challenges for Fred Castor. They've been off to a good start this year, and hopefully for men's basketball they can get back on track. But you mentioned it, Greg. Those two uh, events happening this week. Men's basketball will play Tuesday, Wednesday. The women's basketball team is at home for that game against IUPUI Wednesday at 2 p.m. So a chance to bring the family out before you start your holiday festivities or maybe as the start of your holiday festivities. And then after Thanksgiving, you've got the leftovers in your stomach. You're ready to go. You want some college football. Friday at noon is the game against Central Michigan. So I already talked about the Michigan Mac Trophy, the eight-win potential season. How about the fact, Greg, that it's just against a big rival in Central Michigan, and it's a pretty historic uh, matchup for Eastern Michigan this week, isn't it? It certainly is. You look at it, it's the 100th all-time meeting between the Eagles and Chippewas, so we get that. It's a chance for Eastern to do a lot of things that haven't been done in very historic times. 1987, the last time Eastern crossed the eight-win threshold, they will try to do that, try to get an opportunity with a little help from those folks in Kalamazoo can't always rely on Bronco fans, but we need a Western Michigan win over Toledo, and things will get real exciting. Yeah, if uh, Western's able to beat Toledo, if Eastern Michigan's able to beat Central Michigan, it would be a share of the MAC West Division title for Eastern Michigan. They've never done that before. Unfortunately, there is no way for Eastern Michigan to get to Detroit to represent the West Division in the championship game, which will come up on December 3rd because of tiebreakers, because of that head-to-head. But the MAC does still consider co-champions a champion, so that would be another trophy for Eastern Michigan, another big accomplishment. Still wanted to get to Detroit, but that's off the table. What is on the table, Greg, is we know the team will play in another bowl game this year, seven wins already, hopefully, as we mentioned, trying to get to that eight win uh, of the regular season. We don't know the bowl matchups yet. We'll know that December 4th, so continue to stay tuned and continue to go on to emueagles.com. You can click on the bowl interest form right now. Tell us where you want to go. One of the guests we have on today is Vice President and Director of Athletics, Scott Weatherby. He does a really good job, Greg, of explaining the bowl process. And one thing that people may not know is that the athletic directors, the presidents of the university, Dr. John Steinbrecher, the commissioner of the Mid-American Conference, those parties begin to speak to the parties that represent the bowl games and try to persuade a little bit, hey, this is why Eastern Michigan should play in this game. This is why it would be exciting. And one of the elements that goes into that is saying, hey, We've got X amount of fans that filled out the bowl interest form. They're really interested in coming to your bowl for, in particular, whatever you want you want to pick. So it's great. It really helps our department to know where you'd be interested in going and where you'd be interested to see the Eagles in the coming month. So I'm uh, really important to get on this week and fill that form out as well. Yeah, it's like dodgeball uh, back in high school. You remember, you want all those good teams on your side. Here, it's doing that lobbying, bringing all of the good flavor to your side, hoping that. You're not the kid left there uh, at the end uh, having to be picked last. That's right. So big week ahead for football, men's and women's basketball. Still plenty of time to catch your favorite teams. Greg, another thing we should mention, too, is there's a lot of players in the Eastern Michigan football record book that they're they're close to hitting some pretty important marks. Samson Evans could go for 1,000 yards on Friday. Uh, he's close to the scoring record for Eastern Michigan. Jose Ramirez continues to climb up lists. So if you haven't gotten to see some of these individual players, great chance to come out. And also to send off 15 seniors who have won more games than any other group in Eastern Michigan history. 
off right at the factory. 29 wins between these 15 seniors. We can't congratulate them enough on their careers at Eastern Michigan and what they've done. One more quick note before we send it to break, Greg, is it's a week away. Uh, well, a week and a day away. We'll talk about it next Monday. But Giving True Day is coming up, Giving Tuesday across the country. We dub it Giving True Day here at Eastern Michigan. So whatever you can give, whether it's a penny, whether it's $100, whether it's more, whether it's just supporting our teams through your time or energy, we appreciate it. Get those uh, get those ideas working for how you want to give and who you want to give back to a week from Tuesday because those donations are critical for this department and for the university as a whole. They certainly matter. Every penny, every little bit helps in, in a lot of ways. And uh, our fans have stepped up to the plate in numerous ways over the years. And again, asking uh, you to make whatever you can count. It is the Thanksgiving season. I can't let you off this podcast. Usually I've asked you your favorite side. We're not going there. We know that you love your mashed potatoes or all that stuff. But hard-hitting question, what's your go-to dessert? Oh, go-to dessert, that one's easy. Apple pie, no doubt about it. I've been making homemade apple pie since I was a kid. My dad used to always make it every year, and uh, that's the best one for me. I love pumpkin pie. I love some other dessert. Well, pumpkin pie is good. I like pumpkin pie as well, but uh, if you want me to give you a Mike Leach rundown on desserts, I would. But uh, apple pie for me, nostalgic, homemade, sweet, sour, the best of both worlds. So can't let off Thanksgiving without some apple pie. There will be plenty in my household this week. Uh, nothing wrong with some apple pie, but I do love my some, me some pumpkin. We are thankful for all the listeners, for all you guys that support Eastern Michigan Athletics. Continue to do so. We appreciate it. Everybody have a safe, happy Thanksgiving and a wonderful break. We'll see you Wednesday at the Georgia Griffin Game Above Center, Friday at the Factory. Still plenty of time to get those tickets. Have a safe and happy holiday. Chris Creighton coming up on the other side of this break. Then Greg and I sit down with Vice President and Director of Athletics, Scott Weatherby. A busy slate of action last week for our teams at Eastern Michigan. Men's basketball dropped a pair of tough games first at Bradley Tuesday night, falling 89-61 in the campus site portion of the Cancun Challenge. Saturday, team rallied from 19 points down to force overtime at a sold-out Ogrena on the campus of Oakland University. Unfortunately, the Golden Grizzlies came out with a 92-90 victory. Imani Bates was the top scorer in both contests with 20 points against Bradley and 19 at Oakland. Volleyball closed its season at home with a 3-0 loss at the hands of Central Michigan on Wednesday night. Despite the challenges of the season, senior Raven Chase took home first-team All-Mac honors for the second straight season. On the football field, EMU traveled to Kent State Wednesday night to battle the still bull-hungry Golden Flashes. Down 17-7 at the half, EMU put on a masterclass in the final 30 minutes, scoring on four straight possessions and stopping Kent on six straight tries to pull out an impressive 31-24 win. The game eliminates Kent from the possibility of bull eligibility and keeps EMU's hopes for its first eight-win season since 1987 alive. Taylor Powell had a career day tossing for 315 yards on 30 of 39 passing and three TDs. It was the ninth best passing performance in in school history when using completion percentage as the metric of choice. Finally, women's basketball picked up a 7.77-70 win over Florida A&M behind a double from Sonaris Gaines, the 24th of her career and the first of the season. That's it for this week's rundown. For full box scores, statistics, stories, and more, visit emueagles.com or download the official EMU Athletics app. After 11 weeks, it's all boiled down to the final week of the year, Thanksgiving week, and an opportunity for Eastern Michigan to go trophy hunting against Central Michigan at Rhinearson Stadium. Friday, high noon. Coach, welcome in. Thanksgiving week, we're thankful for you to be here. How thankful have you been for the outcome that this team has been able to provide this year? A lot of new faces, new places, 
but no one knew what you were going to get into unless you were in this room seeing it each and every day and building upon it. Yeah, well, thankful for you guys. Um, and it is Thanksgiving week and got a lot to be thankful for. You know, and one of those things is, you know, going into this last regular season game, um, you know, with a chance to, you know, still do some things that that we're really excited about doing that are hard to do. Um, and uh, so, you know, beating Kent State and and what we say is a bowl guarantee, um, you know, was is a big deal. You know, there's programs that, you know, aren't doing that. Um, and uh, really proud of our guys for coming from behind 17-7, still believing and playing a, a really good second half, you know, to win that game and put us in position now to uh, play a really tough Central Michigan team that, that uh, you know, has had our number um, and a chance to compete for the Michigan Mac, you know, for the second year in a row. And, um, you know, for our seniors' last home game in the factory, um, you know, for our team to be together for that, and, and uh, it's, a, it's a big deal. Before we dive into the CMU fully, let's recap Kent State a little bit. It was a game where you guys had to battle adversity. I mean, you, you lose your starting quarterback on the second play of the game. You find yourself down at half. Their quarterback's rolling. All of a sudden, he goes down to injury. And, again, you thankfully had the, the backup that was able to stand in there and, and really move the chains. You've talked a lot about it over your career that you need two quarterbacks to really sustain yourself through the system and through a season. And now you've each seen both of them step up when the other's injured. How excited does that make you feel for Taylor to get right back in there and play as well as he did? The, the thing that's exciting is that, you know, when, when the guys respond the right way, I mean, there's, there's obviously there's massive disappointment, you know, when, you know, you're not playing, that's for anybody, as much as you want to or as much as you think you should be, all of those things. But, you know, there's also a, a right way, you know, to handle that and to channel that and um, to still be a great teammate and all of those things. And both of those guys have done it, you know, and Taylor, uh, you know, certainly um, did that down the stretch when Austin was was starting. Um, and then, uh, you know, you never want to see any of those guys get injured. And, and certainly quarterback was not the only position that we sustained an injury. Um, but, you know, for all of those guys to, to step up and step in, you, you, you're proud of them, you know, and you're excited for them when they, they're getting an opportunity. Um, just obviously never at the expense of the person who's getting hurt. But, you know, Taylor, uh, um, you know, really did a nice job. And we had to kind of retool a little bit of, what our plan was and when we got that you know sorted out um uh, did a really good job i know you script some things at the start of the game how fast do you have to uh, throw out those plays and reevaluate what you're going to do when something like that happens well it's it's again i've said this before like it's our it is still our offense and then you know you're going to accentuate you know certain things okay. with with uh, people's strengths and weaknesses and all of those things and so um um, you know, sometimes it takes longer than others, and sometimes it's in the middle of a series, and sometimes, you know, you've got a, you got a halftime, and, um, you know, sometimes you have a whole game week of prep, right? Um, and I uh, thought the offensive staff, you know, did a good job of, of finding that sweet spot, and the guys did a great job of executing. Defensively, uh, they were able to tee off, get some tackles for loss, some, some sacks once more. Grant Truman a big sack, Jose Ramirez, three and a half tackles more and a sack. 
Uh, those guys on the defensive line really helped force six three and outs to get those ball back. Uh, defensively, what have that those front four been able to do as of late for you? Well, you saw it there. You know, in, in the second half, they had they had a quarterback change um, there towards the, the very end of the half, and um, yeah, I just think our, our, I just really like how our team responded, even you know on the third play of the game, and you know at halftime. Um, you know, our defense knew that we were going to have to get some stops, um, you know, in order for us to, we were down 17 to seven. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, that you couldn't ask for a better um, start to the right. second half. Like you mentioned, you know, all those three and outs and, you know, they had them going backwards. Yep. It was uh, just the, the feel and the momentum, you know, at halftime, like before we started playing right. and then, you know, it realized itself, came to fruition, you know, out on the field in the second half. That's what may not have been able to see that on TV or whatever, but yep. within our within our team, it was uh, it was really neat what happened. Yeah, I think one of the questions the sideline reporter asked you as you're walking off the field is, do you feel like you're in a good spot right now offensively? And you said, yeah, we're in a good spot. We've just got to get a few more breaks. And then you got them in the second half to pick up that fifth road win of the year. Only three teams have won more on the road in this current winning streak. Georgia, North Carolina, and TCU, the three teams that have longer road winning streaks. I know we've asked you before the, the success of winning on the road, but do you take anything from, from those games and try to implement that for maybe this week to, to change it up just for a home game? Yeah, we're, we're we're playing at the factory, so I don't, I don't know what we can what we can change. Um, Get them on the bus, just take them around the circle a few times. Well, yeah, you want to write down a couple of ideas, we'll take a look at them. Um, but uh, no, I, yeah, um, you know, we stay at a hotel just yeah. like we do on on away games, and um, you know, I I don't think that you know motivation is going to be um, anywhere close to to an issue for our guys this week. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I hope the comfort of being at home, you know, is not the, the bad kind of comfort. I, you know, I would expect for our guys to really play, play hard. Samson Evans this week gets an opportunity to cement himself as the all time leading rushing touchdown scorer in EMU history. He's tied right now with Gary Patton and Anthony Sherrell, two guys that ended up playing in the league. When you brought Samson in from Iowa and he was still really raw, did you, in your wildest dreams, imagine what he would turn into these years later. Um, yes. You know, um, I don't, you know, really raw. He just hadn't played much there, you know, and ha had an injury that, that uh, prevented him. When I talked to coach Ferentz, I mean, I asked coach Ferentz, you know, basically for his permission to, to talk to him and, and, and he was great. And he said, Hey, he, you know, he'd end up playing here. You know, like he, he's a good player. So we, and his high school career, I mean, is well documented that he just was, you know, crazy numbers and a really good program and, you know, a good football league there and um, north side of Chicago. So, um, yeah, now he is, you know, I mean, he's been exceptional, used emotionally on, you know, third and short and, and goal line packages last year. Um, and now he's becoming that, you know, the every down back and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. And he'll be the first to tell you that, you know, without that group of O-line and, and tight ends and, you know, quarterbacks to keep some of the pressure off and all that and guys blocking downfield, 
that, uh, you know, he wouldn't be where he is. But, um, yeah, he sure has had a great year. A group of 15 seniors will walk onto the gray turf for the final time. Richard Bates, Brandon Benson, Hassan Beydoun, Blake Bogan, Jordan Crawford, Dylan Drummond, Michael Four, Gunnar Ropes, Taylor Powell, Jose Ramirez, City Sal, Tariq Spates, Grant Truman, Russell Vaden, and Jalen Weathers. They've all won collectively 29 games since walking into this program, the most in any stretch in, in school history. In recent memory, what stands out to you the most about this group that you'll forever take in your heart about these guys? Well, we just met um, the other night, and uh, it was good. I mean, first half of the meeting, they were just telling Pikes Peak stories, <laughs> you know, um, and there's a lot of them. Uh, but it's a, it's a close group. Um, and it, it's a group again, that I think, uh, it probably starts for me, you know, as a collective group, just back in January when they, you know, started talking about needing to stacking, stack the, the, mm-hmm. the winter workouts and, you know, how our theme was birthed from that and how they've, uh, just poured into that, stuck with that and, you know, are really trying to live it out. Here we are in, yep. in week 12 um, and a uh, chance to, to stack three in a row and stack five, yep. like you said. And um, so, yeah, um, I don't like thinking about it too much, to be honest with you. Uh, don't want to see these guys go. Chance for eight, a chance uh, for a Michigan Mac trophy, a chance for still a share of the Mac West division if Western's able to help against Toledo as well. What's, um, as we talk right now, some of the things that stand out to you most that this team needs to do well come Friday? Well, you know, Central, I think, has done a, a really good job of, I mean, they've they've dealt with changes and, and injuries and, and and all of that, you know. I mean, some teams have that more than others in, a, in, in any given season. Um, and, uh, I mean, they're playing three different quarterbacks. Uh, and really using you know their strengths really well, and and they've had some some serious success. I mean, they is a really good win over Northern Illinois, and then a, a comeback win, super impressive over Buffalo, um, and so they're playing you know what I would say is their best football right now. And again, I think they've done a really good job of you know figuring out you know how to do that. Um, and uh, so, you know, we're going to have to deal with a quarterback run game, but then also a quarterback that um, that can throw it all over the place, you know. And so it's it's hard to have three different plans, but, you know, they they play three different quarterbacks and have success with with all three. And, you know, their their defense, you know, has remained, you know, their defense throughout. I mean, they're um, they're leading tops in the country and, you know, tackles for loss and just they're, yeah, they're very disruptive. Um, and so we're gonna have a work cut out for us. I mean, this is, this is gonna be a very, very physical sort of old fashioned football game. Can't wait for it. It'll be the 100th all time meeting between Eastern and Central coming up at the factory on Friday. Coach, thanks again, as always. Happy Thanksgiving to you and, and Heather and your entire family. And we can't wait to see you back out there on Friday. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you guys and to all of Eagle Nation. See you Friday. There he is. Head coach Chris Creighton, Alex and I back on the Eastern Insider right after this. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room. And that's the Eastern Insider podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. 
Each week, we sit down with somebody around the know in EMU Athletics, so we figured with the regular season winding down, no better person than the man that leads EMU Athletics. That's Vice President and Director of Athletics, Scott Weatherby. It's Thanksgiving weekend. Lots of things around EMU Athletics to be thankful for, and you get to wind down a football season that means another bowl appearance. How exciting has this year been with things falling into place? A lot of talk about how great this team is all season long, but now the bowl preparation begins. Yeah, this is the uh, exciting time of the year once you start talking about bowls um, and having bowl game uh, opportunities and to actually have the opportunity to do it uh, a lot earlier um, and start prepping a little bit sooner. And then obviously the um, Thanksgiving time, uh, big rivalry game uh, on Friday, and uh, just excited for uh, to kind of see where we end up and having those bold discussions and, and going through those meetings. And uh, you're right, it's just, it's a good time of year right now. Greg and I get a lot of uh, questions asked about the bowl process and a lot of staff within our department have a question about the bowl process. Yeah. As much as you can, take our listeners through what the bowl preparation process is because a lot goes into it before December 4th when we finally get to announce where we're going. And sometimes you may only find out a few minutes before, but there's a lot of prep that has to go into it. What is this couple of weeks looking like for you? Yeah. So in the bowl preparation, you know, there's obviously the Mac has certain bowl tie-ins. And so you can start to prepare yourself for where those may be, but we're also trying to sell ourselves. Right. And so we're putting together uh, kind of bowl booklets uh, to let those destinations know how many alumni do we have around there? Um, how well will we travel? Um, you know, what our history has been in, in bowl games of how close our games have been and how entertaining our games are. Uh, we also try to share ratings and those things. So we're trying to push so then we're putting ourselves our best foot forward. Uh, but we also um, have behind the scenes You've got like an equipment room that's working on getting their bowl gear that uh, the allotment that you get for all of the the team and the coaches and the staff and having that opportunity as well. The logistics of, okay, if we're in a long distance, you know, how do we get the band there? And you start working on uh, buses and planes and trying to figure that out. What packages are you going to put together for your um, for your fans to go? And, you know, staff wise, what, what are all the logistics for even like your group on how we're going to get there and, and what does the week look like? And so there's a lot of prep involved um, with it for that. As a follow up, I was talking to Rob Rubick the other day and he was asking me about the different selection process. Yep. Take us a little bit through yep. that because I explained how I, the best I could. And he said, so it's really invitation isn't necessarily a great word. It's more like a draft in a way for these bowl games, picking which teams they're going to bring. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And it, 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 it's kind of a tough scenario because ESPN controls a lot of the bowl bowl games. Um, and so it's not always about, well, you know, so-and-so gets this pick and so-and-so gets that pick. It's more of what are our matchups going to look like and what a, and for the commissioner, he's trying to get a matchup that's favorable for us, um, that one is a good draw, but also a chance to win, right? And so we're trying to figure out how to have our best bowl experience. And But again, we're locked into those six, and then there's a pecking order. And so in the Mid-American Conference, ESPN is allowed to have the first pick, so to speak. So they're out of the what will be six bowl-eligible teams, possibly, 
um, of those six, they, you know, they get the first pick, and then Arizona gets the second pick. Um, and then after that, it's really a, a more of a matchup and, and moving around. We do know that Boise State is one of the six. We know that Arizona is one of the six. Uh, we know the Detroit Quick Lane Bowl is one of the six. Um, and uh, the Bahamas Bowl. Are the, so we know those four are in play. And then the question is, what are the other two ESPN bowls? And there's you know a list of 10 or 12 you know, that we could end up at. And it, again, it depends on where you finish. And obviously an eight and four record looks a heck of a lot better than a seven and five when you're talking about destinations. Here with Scott Weatherby as we talk EMU's bowl future. And one of the things that's vitally important as bowl selection comes up on December the 4th is tickets and buying your tickets, getting them through the athletic department, not going through other ventures. How important is that for fans to know that the money stays here when they purchase here. Yeah, it's extremely important that, um, you know, our agreement with the Mid-American Conference is we get to keep every dollar for every ticket we sell. And that helps offset any costs and helps generate revenue for the department. So, you know, I would even encourage people that if you can't go, still be supportive. You know, every year plan on us going to a bowl game and every year plan on buying tickets, whether you can make it or not. You know, and then we'll come up with a plan on how do we get those distributed, whether we do a military a tickets for troops type campaign or whether we do uh, youth organizations within that community. We've always done that every place we've been. And again, that helps drive revenue to us and also is almost a replacement. You can't make it, but we're going to give it to somebody else that can to help create a good atmosphere. And so it is it is vital for us to uh, sell as many tickets through our office. Uh, and usually the turnaround's pretty quick. And so we've got to do that, um, but really encourage people to buy tickets through our office. This will be the fifth bowl game appearance for Eastern Michigan since 2016. No other team in the MAC has gone to more bowl games in that span. There's a lot of people this year. You're a sports fan. You hear things around the community. Greg and I do as well. Let's put uh, let's put the cards on the table. There was a lot of people this year that did not think this team was a bowl type of team, and now a chance for eight wins in the regular season. As the person in charge of it all, how proud of you? Uh, of Chris Creighton, are you of the yep. players on this team, of the program and the department for for accomplishing this feat that a decade ago no one would have ever thought was possible? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Coach has done a great job of just elevating the bar, right? Raising raising the bar, um, and we like being underdogs. You know, it, it's one of those things that you know it, they don't believe we can do it. We're going to show them that we can, and we've been able to kind of prove that. Obviously, when people look and saw that we lost our top two quarterbacks uh, to the transfer portal uh, last year, so then they're thinking, man, they're not going to have as much back, and instead others have stepped up. Uh, and we've done that all along and, and next man up. And you know, with this year's theme of stacking them, we're going to just try to keep continuing to stack them up. And um, so I'm really proud, really proud of the the group, and they don't listen to all the outside, nor, uh, outside noise and you know, I always have and have it on my wall. Adversity is preparation for greatness. Uh, and so we've had a lot of adversity, but we're, it's, it's helped us prepare uh, to have a, you know, hopefully a eight win, maybe even a nine win season, which we just haven't seen around here in, in a long, long time. And then obviously the beating Arizona State and being four and one and, you know, those power five games over the last five years has been has been special, too. Switching gears on the the basketball side of the floor, we saw a lot of excitement at that game at Little Caesars Arena. Eastern almost knocks off Michigan there at the wire. 
right now. Not off to the start they'd like, but again, trying to gel. They haven't had a ton of time to, to gel. As you look forward to this max slate that will be here, you guys have invested a ton into the program, the yeah. facilities. What can you tell fans a reason to, to start buying? Because there are only so many opportunities in the non-conference schedule just for the way it shakes out. But now it's a really good way to get here for max max schedules. Yeah. You know, we just have the three Sunday, you know, afternoon uh, tips before uh, the new year. And then we get into Mac play and it's just an exciting brand. Uh, are we happy with our record? No. But look, they're 18 and 19 year old mm-hmm. young men that uh, are, uh, you know, slowly working together. We threw them all together uh, in August. Uh, Their first game with that starting five against Michigan, uh, we gave them all they could handle. And we know that if we come to play every night like that, we have an opportunity to beat anybody. Um, I'm excited to see how this gels over the next uh, five or six games here to get ready for MAC play. At the end of the day, you get to the NCAA tournament through the Mid-American Conference. It's not about the non-conference stuff. So, we're going to figure this out um, again. I'd, I'd love to have people have some patience um, uh, with this group. And I'm real excited about the talent, though. I mean, you can see it on the court um, and they'll they'll start to gel. And I believe in Coach Heath. And uh, again, if you get a chance, you got to come out and watch it. You got to come see all the new stuff we've done in the arena. You've got to see uh, this team and the way uh, they can score the ball. Uh, and and uh, have an opportunity, hopefully, to win a MAC championship. I'll leave you with this one. It's probably going to be the toughest question of the day for you, so don't don't take it out on me. After <laughs> you were in Philadelphia this weekend, your wife Tracy gets inducted into the the Tri County Area Sports Hall of Fame. One of the best players ever in that area uh, goes in with an Eastern football alum as well. But your wife's a Hall of Famer. Your daughter is going to be a gymnastics student athlete here. Your son is turning into a cross-country phenom. Are you the only director of athletics at this level that might be the fourth most accomplished person in terms of athletics in their household? <laughs> I would I would say, you know, it's funny. We were talking about it um, driving back from Pennsylvania this weekend, and I'm like, I'm not in any Hall of Fames. I mean, I was an all-state linebacker and had eight varsity letters in high school, but nobody's recognizing me for anything. So I think I am. I'm slowly moving down the pecking order in my own house. Um but it was neat. It was really neat. To, I had never met uh, Ryan Brumfield. Um, it was great to meet him and his family and actually took him some uh, Eagle gear uh, as well. Just wanted to make sure uh, he knew we were supporting him. Um, and, and then obviously proud of my wife. She's she's in her University Hall of Fame and now in the Tri-County Hall of Fame there. And, uh, and uh, she's very humble. So she was nervous wrecked to get up and give her speech. But um, and it was nice to go to an event that I didn't actually have to say anything or do anything. I got to sit back and, and enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a fun household right now. And it's great to see, uh, obviously, our kids do well as, as well. Final moments here with Scott Weatherby. One of the things that always is on your plate in this holiday season is coming up in, in just over a week. It's giving True Day an opportunity to give back to the university. We've seen so many people step up over the last few years to to give their, their money, but also their time to help out this place. And yep. uh, if somebody's out there looking to, to make a, an impact here at the school, how can they do that? Yeah, I I would say, you know, we've got so many things um, that we've accomplished, but we have so many more things that we need to get done. And and we get those done because we have a great fan base. We've got a great donor base and we're trying to build that. And and 
hopefully people see the changes that we're making and the impact it's having on our student athletes and their experience here. And so that's what the focus of Giving True Day is, is gonna be about our student athlete experience. And so if they have opportunities to give, um, you know, we have Black Friday and you have Cyber Monday and then it's Giving Tuesday and really hope that uh, people will step up. We challenge our advisory board. We challenge a lot of our uh, donors to give on that day. If you get pledge agreements, those are the days. Those are the days that I make my payment as well because we just want to show everybody across the university and, and across the Mid-American Conference how special a place this is and, and focusing on giving true day. So um, we can go, you can get it through the emueagles.com and there's a donate button up the right-hand corner and uh, go and and uh, donate and uh, help us out on giving true day. And I hope everybody has a, has a great Thanksgiving and, um, and we get a W uh, a few W's this weekend with women's basketball and men's basketball and football as well. Easter's been winning a lot. You've been winning in donors' hearts as well. When you were hired, a lot of people said you couldn't raise as much as you have, and you've raked in more than $20 million in your five years. That's quite an accomplishment for a place that they said couldn't be done. Yeah, it's been a challenge, but you know people have stepped up. And I think if you have a vision and you actually show that you care about the kids and the student-athletes and you're trying to help them, it makes it a little bit easier where somebody wants to actually help out. And uh, we're not done yet. We got a lot, lot more to go. Um, and uh, it's just been great to, to see all the support over the last few years when they said we couldn't do it, just like they said we couldn't go to bowl games. And now we're going to bowl games. And you know, next we're going to start winning MAC championships. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.